All right, everybody, it's Friday. We know things have kind of fallen off the rails on a couple of occasions on the Real Kipper at Noon show on Fridays. We're we're not sure where this one's going to head, but judging by Doug McLean's appearance here, uh, it's safe to say that uh, it could very well. Hope everybody's had a great week. Uh, it's been a great week here on the Real Kipper at Noon show. Uh, we've had some really great conversations. I thought Wednesday... Uh, we we almost went the full hour just on officiating and hope everybody appreciated it. Not everybody's going to feel one way or the other towards either what I said or what Doug McLean had, had said, but it's a, it's a discussion that needed to be had uh, because it's the real world out there. And I still look at it uh, and I'm with Doug McLean that uh, he got caught. Can't say that. I get all of that. Uh, but I, I just don't think that, uh, you know, it didn't need to be framed in the way that uh, Tim Peel's integrity after 20-plus years as an official should have been questioned so so the way that it was. And uh, I don't know if we're going to hear any more of it or is it just going to kind of die off. Um, some people want more. Some people say leave it alone. We know where the National Hockey League, I think, stands on it. So... Been a good week. We also put in a, a Mitch Marner uh, interview as well, which many of you uh, like that as well. Thank you for the comments on that. We, we want to do as many as we can uh, that we're capable of. Those one-on-ones are great. Brings the, the stars closer to you. That's what we want on this show. So keep looking for that and keep your comments coming. Uh, the, uh, those of you that are watching for the first time, uh, subscribe to our show because that number is also climbing. So we love the thought that uh, you guys are regulars and and now can uh, get the updates on what we're doing here. So with no further ado here, let's throw it to my good friend south of the border in Doug McLean from PEI. But apparently PEI is not good enough for him right now. He's in Florida. Mac, what's going on? Well, you know, this show is, uh, is making me into a star because this morning I had requests to go on Serious NHL radio with the famous Gord Stelic. I mean, yeah. I, like and I'm Scott just Lachlan. kidding. And Scott Lachlan. I thought they said, uh, uh, who did I think they said? Anyway, I thought he said it was a player or somebody. And I ended up, what player is that name? Anyway, it was fun. It was nice to be I have no idea what you're them. talking about right and now. I, they, well, they, I, I just, I wanted it clarified. I told him I wanted it clarified that I wasn't fired at Sportsnet, Sportsnet <laughs> like the rest of you guys. My contract expired. The rest of you got fired. I, but anyway, I this show, what I'm saying is this show is starting to put me, you know, in, an, in a place I don't want to be. I don't want all these requests to do all these extra shows, you know? Start I listen to, to you. On NHL uh, Network, Sirius Satellite Radio, I heard you, and <laughs> you, you screwed up big time, big time. First of all, you can't can't be over Doug McLean on that show because, first of all, you got to remember it's the NHL Network, buddy. So when you start cracking jokes about the Florida Panthers' attendance, they're not gonna laugh. Okay, they get nervous. Jokes. I said I didn't say laugh. I didn't make jokes with Pan. I said they only are letting four thousand into the building. Is all I said. And then you said, which that's what the players are used to playing in front of. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's true. I'm not lying. 
But now with this new found exuberance down here, uh, you know, with the way the team is playing, I think they're they're going to pack them in, you know. And then and then you called Gord Stalick a leaf lover. Again, <laughs> you can't do oh, that. You can't. Oh, to you Gord. Can't. Is it not true? It is true. But you got to lie. But that's besides the point because again, <laughs> in you know, when when you kind of look at it, their their paychecks are signed by 31 other teams besides the Toronto Maple Leafs. So they don't want to hear that Gord's a Leaf lover, are you, even though are, it's true. Are you telling me I won't get invited on again? I don't know, man. You kind of blew it. You know, Gord's like an official. We you know, know there's makeup calls. We know he's a Leaf lover, but you can't <laughs> say it. But I, you know what? If 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 I wasn't asked to go on again... As I said to Gord, when I hadn't heard from him in like eight months, I said, I knew you, I forgot to give you my new number. I should have done that. Uh, and, I don't, I don't have to go on. You can do all those high pro profile shows. You're trying to sell books. I'm, I'm not trying to do anything. While I'll, uh, while I'm ripping you on your appearance on this show today, this is the last one that pissed me off. Yeah. You said that I said that Jack Campbell's for the Toronto Maple Leafs right now is the next Jordan Bennington. I never said that. You said he I said, be. do people <laughs> think that he might be? I actually said, hold on. The Leafs got him before he had 50 career starts. Easy on the uh, Jack Campbell being the number one goalie on the Leafs. But that's not the way you said it today on the show. Because you, you get to say whatever you, you want made to say. It sound, you made it sound like he's going to be the next Ken Dryden. Oh like how he God. beat the Bruins that year. What year God. was that? 70? I really and, hope you're going to be better uh, for the next uh, you know, 50 I'm minutes here on the Real Kipper at Noon show than you were up, on. I stayed up late watching a movie last night. I'm tired. I, so I'll try. I'll see what I can do. See what I can muster up. Okay. Um, if there's one good thing that's going for a Buffalo Sabre fan right now, it's watching the Philadelphia Flyers. Is, <laughs> is that safe to say? That makes the Sabres feel good. Really that, that, good. That, that makes them feel really good. And it shouldn't. When you lose 9 nothing to a team, you usually would come back a little harder the next time you played them. And it's, then you lose 8-3 to the same team. That's embarrassing. When is the last time that's happened? Like when the Boston well, Bruins lost to the Leafs 11 nothing in the 60s, did they not come back and battle a little harder in the next game? The 9 nothing <laughs> loss is supposed to be a cleansing, right? That's the one where you say if you lose 2-1 or 9 nothing, it doesn't matter. A loss is a loss. But that's the one that should clean everything up and, and, and move forward. A week later, they lose 8-3. I don't even know if it's like salt in the wound or if it makes it worse, but you also give up 12 points to one guy and Zabanajad comes in with back-to-back -back hat tricks. I'm like, uh, it, it is embarrassing. I, I don't know what other word to say. And may, Were we not talking about the Flyers being a team that could contend for a Stanley Cup? We talked at the start of the year that Carter Hart 
was coming into his own as a young goaltender, still really young, but had a chance to be a star in the Carey Price mold. And they, we saw them battle in the playoffs last year. And you thought, we knew they, we knew they lost Niskanen, but they looked like they were a better team. They had a little more maturity in the back end. Sandheim was another year older. Myers would become a regular. Provorov looked like he was going to be a pretty good player. And then this is a debacle. This is a veteran coaching staff in Vino, Terrian, Yo. This is a, a, an experienced general manager. This is an embarrassment the way this team is playing. And, and, and the coach says, Vino says, well, I'd, I'd fix it if I could. What, what the hell's that? I'd fix it if I could. No, no, no. You're getting paid $4 million a year. Fix it somehow, some way. Fix this and get this team to compete a little harder. You know what that tells me, Mac? That he doesn't believe that this is an X and O's problem. No, it's not an X and so O's problem. If that's the case, and you know, just from the people that I'm talking to, uh, th- there's a real sense, Mac, in the Philadelphia Flyer dressing room, that there's a disconnect between the young players and some of the veterans. And if that's the case, and if that is in fact true. It could explain a lot what we're seeing on the ice. So a disconnect by the veteran group that's led by Giroux. Right, and he's the captain. Bor- so the, and Boracek. It starts, and, it starts with him, yes. Right. And then the younger players being, where's Couturier fit? Is he a veteran or is he a younger guy? I mean, Farabee. I mean, they're, they're, look, I don't know what's going on, but this is inexcusable, the way this team has performed lately. With what? They've lost nine of their last 12. This is a team that, as you mentioned at the start of the show, thought we're going to be a contender. This is a team with enough skill. I mean, their blue line has played soft. Their forwards have played relatively soft. Their goaltender has been able to make saves. It is a disaster all the way around with a veteran coaching staff. When Chuck Fletcher hired Vino and company and he brought in Terry and Yo, he didn't expect a disaster like this. Voracek's got three more years on his deal, if I'm not mistaken, and it's you can't even buy it out for any benefit at all. It's, it's one of those contracts that uh, is very fa- favorable uh, to the player. But in many ways, if you do look at Claude Giroux and Voracek, it's kind of mirrors what we see in Calgary, maybe with the Johnny Goudreau and uh, and Sean Monahan, Mac. But th- these are issues that I think you're just going to have to suck it up right now and and get to the off season and deal with. You know, I, I think back to the playoffs last year, and and I, I guess I remember sitting there and we talked about it on this show numerous times. The Flyers played slow. They really played slow in the playoffs last year. And, you know, I guess our expectations were they were going to be better this year. They should be better. But they were not great in the playoffs last year either. They were not a very good-looking team. I I thought they played slow. I, I didn't think they were aggressive in, in the four-check game. They didn't look like the... 
the flyer history at all? I don't know. I don't know. This makeup has been questioned. This forward group, and you remember when the playoffs ended last year, the the veteran forward group were singled out as the fact that they were not very good. And maybe that's where this dressing room turmoil is coming from. Well, I'm going to throw this out there. I want to get your thoughts. Carter Hart, time to send him to the American Hockey League. Get him out for a week or two. Get some games and practices under his belt. If if it's as bad as we think it is in that room, get him out, Mac. Well, that, that's a consideration. I mean, I guess the question is, there's a couple, there's another way to do it. You just pull him out of the lineup and get him working with the goalie coach for, you know, four or five days and try to find his game. I'm sure they've been working nonstop with him. Um, but to send him to the minors, I'm not convinced that's the way to go. Um, but maybe they just let Elliot play some games. But I mean, has he been any good? That That's the other question. How good has he been? I mean, they, but it's not just goaltending. It's soft play by the blue line. It's, you know, come on. Niskanen was a solid guy, but come on. He can't be the difference of a 9 nothing 8-3 game, especially when the first six weeks of the season, they played pretty good hockey. There's something going on with this team, as you said, besides X and O's. It's a dressing room. It's a dressing room issue. It's a chemistry issue. It's young against old. It's coaches. It's something going on that we are not. Well, you're hearing about it. Which you know it. it, You know, Mac. Their 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 best prize possession is Carter Hart right now. Get get him out of this environment. Send him to the minors for five games. I only say that because I remember Mike Richter with the New York Rangers. He, he probably had about 100 starts, much like Carter Hart has. And then they ended up sending him to Binghamton for five games when he was having some issues. And the following year, I think he won the Stanley Cup, Mac. And I'm not mm-hmm. suggesting that the Flyers will next year, but it could get him just to clear his head a little bit, get some practices in. They're not playing that many games. Just just protect your, your most important asset, Carter Hart. And, and you know what? He is by far their most important asset. It's not even close. They have to have, if, if this guy doesn't become the star that he was perceived, and let's not forget, Ron Hextall kept him in the minors, kept him in junior, because he wanted him to be a 100% ready to be the next goalie, great flyer goalie, which they haven't had in 30 years. How long since they had a, a goaltender there? We all hear about Pelly Lindbergh as the last great goalie after Bernie Perrant. It's been years and years and years where they've had a number one bona fide star in goal. And they can't let this flop. As you said, whatever is best for him, whether it's working with the goalie coach and get him, get him out of the net, get him to the minors, whatever the case may be, do, they've got to do something because – so it's you are buying working. my theory that it's it's a it's a, it's a legitimate, legitimate uh, option for them. It is a legitimate option for them. There's no doubt about that. And because it has been their biggest problem the last 
10 or 15 years of a franchise. They got rid of Bobrovsky. I mean, it's been on and on and on with a debacle between the pipes for this franchise. And yet finally, you think it's fixed and the kid has really struggled. I mean, I looked five on five, his save percentage is in the 800s. That's not penalty killing. That's five on five. His his save percentage is low 800s. It's crazy. Really, it's it's Mac. You don't want it to damage this guy's psyche. No, for you can't afford to for a long time here. You cannot afford to. Is this so uh, Chuck has got to figure? I mean, this like Chuck Fletcher's been around a long time. I mean, he's got to step back and say, okay, and I'm sure Chuck is. Like, Chuck would be pulling his hair out right now over this. Vino, an experienced coach, has been through this. I mean, between this mature management group, surely to God they can figure this out and, and get back in this race. We know here in Canada uh... – the decision now is to take a 14-day quarantine and, and turn it into a seven. Uh, many of us believe that this should help, I think, the trade deadline, especially with uh, not only teams coming into more, uh, teams considering um, more options, including um, waiting maybe, Matt, maybe. Does this help the value go up with a 14-day quarantine? And and before we finish off on Philadelphia, okay. is okay. is Chuck Fletcher in a position now to use the trade deadline here to improve his team, to keep them in it, or is are the are the issues too great for him to fix this with a with a trade? I think he's got to try it. I think he's got to try to find a defenseman. And I mean, you got Ekholm's out there, Ellis is out there. One of those two. There's a ton of talk that one of those two could be traded. Yeah, you got Savard who is going to be traded. I don't know if he's a fit in Philly, but he's a right shot. And that is a definite need there. Um, you know, so yeah, Chuck has got to, that's, that's his job. He's got to try to improve this hockey team. By the way, on the quarantine, I have one question on the quarantine. Uh-oh. I go to PEI last summer. Okay. Yep. And I had to do 14 day quarantine. Yes. Couldn't couldn't leave the property for 14 days. Had to answer my phone every day and answer questions about do I have any aches? Have I have I lost my sense of smell? Do I have any aches? I said I got a lot of aches, but they're not new. They've been here for a while. 14 days I took the phone calls. And if I didn't answer the phone, they'd send the Mounties to the door to see if I was there. And now the NHL, am I gonna be able to do it for seven days when I go home this year? Or just the NHL players? You want to call your premier and ask him? I hear you guys are tight. <laughs> I like Denny. I like him, yeah. <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a question for me here on The Real Kipper at Noon. Well. Come on. I'd like to know. I got my vaccine. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Well, okay. We, you got to assume, Mac, that if, if you're comfortable in, in the North Division, like the, the Leafs or Winnipeg, Edmonton now, and you you – you will be in a position, I think, to feel like if you're trading for somebody, there there won't be the necessity to race him. That you could you could really just trade for him and then get him ready for what counts the most, 
is puck drop game one in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, you know, you may see you know the the de- the key guys that are acquired a deadline maybe moved ahead so that they they are ready to go. You know, seven days they may make try to make the deals a little quicker. Uh, the GM so that they can again get ahead of the get ahead of the curve both for quarantine, get them on the ice for the stretch and so on. Uh, I I, lo- I mean I like it. I'm jo- I'm not joking about mine, but I'm I I like the fact that it's seven days. It it makes it more reasonable to do a cross border trade. Um, so let's hope that that helps some teams make bigger deals and. Give us something to talk about. All right. We had, uh, what, 11 games on tap last night. Uh, many of them certainly factoring into some of those decisions on when, if and when you pull uh, a trade here. Uh, but it, it should help by all accounts. Uh, last night, where do you want to start? Toronto, Ottawa, Jack Campbell, clearly the number one goalie. And clearly the next Jordan Bennington, according to you, on Sirius Radio. Uh, Pierre Dorian doesn't like to lose. Did you see the soft drink toss in the press box when he lo- when the Leafs scored? Now, I've, you tossed, being a- I've tossed things and kicked garbage cans and, you know, all those sort of things. But that was a – that was a – a full-fledged fastball to the Now, let me ask you something. As a former president and a general manager, is is there a sense when a camera's on you, not on you, would... Now, I'm not accusing Dorian of of grandstanding uh, a moment here for, for, you know, camera purposes, but was there ever a sense that you had when you were on or off? Could you see a monitor? Could it tip you off? Because I don't know where Pierre Dorian stood on, on throwing the cup last night, but it wouldn't surprise me if a couple of GMs could capture a moment that could reiterify how much I care about my team. I, I don't I don't ever recall knowing you were on the monitor and I and I and I I I used to kick the garbage cans because then they couldn't catch that you know on the camera because it was below the 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 ledge you see so my biggest problem when I was in the press box is I kept asking questions Chris McFarland used to sit next to me every game in the press box assistant GM now of Colorado is with me 10 years in Columbus and he used to sit next to me. And then a guest of mine had come in and said with me, I remember Bruce Hickey come into my, he was a buddy of mine from PI, and he came in and sat in my box during the game. And I'd say, what's he doing that? Why is this guy doing that? Why is Nash doing this? Why is Castles doing that? What is he doing? And Bruce asked Chris when I went out, when I went out between periods, he said, am I supposed to answer those questions that he asked? <laughs> Those 25 questions he asked, that Chris says, no, you're not supposed to answer them. We're just supposed to sit there and shut, keep our mouths shut. And nod. <laughs> and nod. Or shake so, your head. No, Pierre Dorian didn't know he was on the monitor. Obviously, he was ticked off. And it looks good for Eugene watching in, in the, the Barbados. I would say so. How much, how much Pierre cares. Yes, I, yes. I would say so. Now, I would believe... 
what would cause that type of reaction is watching a three-on-three scenario where your best player, Thomas Shabbat, is now going to lead a three-on-one against Austin Matthews. Not not TJ Brody, not Justin Hall. Not Muzzin. Not Muzzin, but Matthews. Yeah, three on so one. So this is this has got game winner written all over it. Yes. And for whatever reason, I cannot still think of at this moment, Thomas Shabbat decides to throw a 90-foot cross ice pass instead of taking two or three steps and carrying on. And I will against the most dangerous, one of the most dangerous players. In the league, in both ends. So what was it, uh, about uh, a month ago, three weeks ago, we saw Austin Matthews try to make a kick save uh, in his yes. own in his own yes. zone, and it ended up in the leaf net. Yes. And he almost did the same play, Mac, where mm-hmm. he got enough of this to turn it around and get but, the game-winning goal. What should have been a, a game-winning can- opportunity for Ottawa in a split second turns into a 2-1 uh, overtime loss. But Austin can do that in the neutral zone, just not in the slot. <laughs> yes. That's the only difference. Good we point. encourage Austin to do that in the neutral zone. But when you're 15 feet in front of your goal runner, you probably should not bother uh, doing it. That was probably – the uh, Shabbat's brain cramp was the uh, – it led to the, uh, the cup throwing by Pierre Dorian. It had to have. Yeah, I'm sure it had something to do with it because he's he's excited. I mean, any GM in the league would be excited if you own if you had Shabbat as your top defenseman and you saw him leading that rush. Typically, the guy makes pretty good plays and pretty good decisions with the puck. And unfortunately for him, they get caught. And then Austin is ticked off because he makes such a great drive and it doesn't work. And then Mariner picks it up, and all of a sudden, the rest is history. I mean, they've been working on that. Matthews flubs flubs it up. Mariner gets it, and finally, you've got the big horse coming down the middle in Hall, and he puts it home. That's that's textbook. I was surprised to read that Keith didn't design that play. So let me get this straight. Austin Matthews can make a kick save and a beauty as long as it's in the neutral zone. Yeah, yeah. And um, also you want uh, Jack Campbell to play great but no longer handle the puck. Is that it, safe it, to say? If, if Freddie Anderson gave those two pucks away, how would it be in Toronto today? It would wow. be all be out chaos. If Freddie gave those two pucks away. Then I listened to them say, well, Jack had no choice because the defense didn't flare out and give him outs. Well, if the defense don't flare out and give you outs, guess what you do? You put it off the wall. You put it off the wall, not into the slot if possible. So Jack um, comes back after and makes three or four big saves. He's been very good in his five games. He's been terrific. If Freddie did that, oh, my God. (laughs) Seriously. 
Well, listen, a win's a win oh, is a win uh, as far as Leaf fans are concerned with Jack Campbell and he's, uh, he's arrested. Perfect. Arrested Leafs team beats an exhausted Senators team 3-2 in overtime after four days of skill development, teaching, all the bullshit I've been listening to, and look at how great they played. Forsberg stood on his head. He's the second coming of Ken Dryden. If if thirty-eight um, saves, Carter if I'm not mistaken, yeah, he was he really was very, good. He was very good. I thought Ottawa played them pretty hard. Pretty. I thought physical. they did too. Hey, listen, you got to give Ottawa a ton of credit. This, this is a team that started the season off disaster mode. Um, I mean, you would have thought they would set the record this year for losses in a row, not the Sabers. And then they've got it where they're actually hard to play against. And if you show up to play the Sens and you don't play hard, there's a chance they're going to beat you. Good on them. I, I look last night, you see Norris making plays. You see Batherson making plays. Brady Kachuk making plays. Strutzel making, Strutzel making plays. I mean, look, they're, they're – they're 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 playing really hard, and I I, I love well, actually I like watching them play to be quite honest. Listen, if if uh, if Calgary misses the playoffs and Mac, it, it is not looking good here. They 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 can only blame the Ottawa Senators. Like that will not go over very well with their owner Murray Edwards. Where even if he lives in London, England, he's he's hearing about it. I don't know if the Daily Mirror in London, England reports on the NHL, but I guarantee you their owner hears about it. It's not going to be pretty there. And they, I mean, look, they're running out. Their runway is running out in Calgary. Uh, new coach Sutter is four and four. I can't imagine how pissed off he is. I can't imagine how ticked off he is. Yeah, this, you know, we just, Spent 15 minutes talking about the Philadelphia Flyers. And if you're talking about disappointments, uh, and you mentioned Buffalo, uh, Calgary's got to be right up there with the Philadelphia Flyers as a team that was supposed to be there. I had them. I had them in the Leafs really uh, one, two. And now, Mac, I don't like that. That recent loss to the Ottawa Senators. Not one is, loss is, is is I know, but the last one yeah, the last has one. to be. Oh no, the Can't. ratings on the wall, isn't it? Are, are we not there yet? You start the third period leading one nothing, and you don't get a shot for the first thirteen minutes. Not a shot. Now, when I was coaching one time in Florida, we didn't get any shots on goal. We we're like fifteen minutes into the period, and I was screaming at the off-ice officials. Get a goddamn shot up on that clock. And I'd tell my players, <laughs> when you go by the penalty box, mention it to the off-ice guy. Tell him to get some shots up on that. Then between periods, I met the guy in the hallway. I said, for Christ's sake, can't you put a shot up on the board? We're the home team. Is there anything the NHL doesn't manage? Uh, you know, <laughs> officials manage... The game, you manage the clock. My well, God. I, I, I've told you this story many times. There was this uh, off-ice attendant in Columbus. He was the greatest old guy. He was 80 years of age. 
And he used to look after the referees. And there was a $10,000 fine. Remember, if you go after the referees after the game? So he and I had a thing. He'd be bringing them their beer in after the game and their towels and stuff. And I'd be coming down and he'd wink at me. And he'd, you know, did, did and I would be sour because we lost. So he would hold the door open and keep it open while I went by and yelled. And then he had slowly closed the door. <laughs> so we we had a deal between he and I that he would keep the door open <laughs> while I could scream at them from a distance. This oh, is my the, God. This it's is embar- the, it's this embarrassing is, how, how I handled myself. I, I feel is, embarrassed about it. This is the greatest hockey league in the world, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? <laughs> and that's... That's it right there. That's what you get. Like That's immaturity, immaturity beyond, beyond, beyond belief. Beyond, beyond belief. belief. Immaturity. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to switch gears a little bit in, in the central division, Mac. All of a sudden, things have become very interesting in terms of Chicago now trying to hold on to that last spot. Nashville, oh. Dallas now. Now we're starting to hear... Uh, the possibility of David Poyle and Nashville kind of changing gears a little bit. I'm I'm hearing now Ekholm won't get traded, and as you said earlier, that maybe the focus could be on Ellis now, if that's even the case. But what? Nashville now, do they think they're in it? They have to. Yeah, I mean, I mean that was a convincing win last night. They, I'm not sure they, you, you want to convince yourself that Rocco uh, uh, Grimaldi is going to end up scoring four goals uh, every right, game. Right. But. but but look, this is a team that is underachieved all year long. Uh, underachieved drastically all year long. They're a team we thought would battle for fourth place. We really did think they would battle for fourth. And we didn't think for sure they would get in but we knew they'd be there battling. How do you sell if you're David? You have, I mean, you, it's going to be one of Chicago, Columbus, Nashville, or Dallas. Get in. One of those four are getting in. Or is okay. it two of those four? You know what's interesting to me, though, is out of those four, which general manager is fighting for his job right now? David is. I mean, I've had, you know, David has mentioned it to people that he's concerned about his job. This was a month ago. I mean, he's a 35-year veteran uh, uh, general manager, and yeah, he'd be concerned about his job. I mean, he's, this is a team that's been close, uh, always in the playoffs, but can never get it done. It reminds me of his teams in Washington, to be quite honest, where you were a star. you know, I mean, they were. It was the same thing in Washington. We, they were close, great regular season typically, but couldn't get it done in the playoffs. Then Nashville's been good in the regular season, great in the regular season. Got to the finals once, but haven't been able to pull it off. So there's frustration, I would think, in the ownership group there. So um, David, David may have to make the playoffs to keep his job. He may. Okay, have to. so that means adding Mac, not subtracting. We've heard Grandlin's name out there. You know, even people thrown around Forsberg's name, which yeah. no, I can't you know, believe you, that. Can you, know, you believe that? That's thrown in the towel. Well, 
then you then if that's throwing in the towel, then that forces ownership to turn around and say, do we want David Poyle to lead us to the the, the you know? Well, if you're the if reset. you're it, well, yeah, because if you're or the if rebuild, you're, if you're getting rid of Forsberg, like then you are definitely going into a rebuild. Well, who's the next guy to go? Yossi? Like who's? I mean, come on, those are your two cornerstone guys, Forsberg, Yossi. Not a and, chance. Not a chance. It, it, unless you're going into a full mode rebuild, and I, I don't believe it for a minute. I, I think they're going to make a push to try to get in. I really do. Columbus is going to battle hard with Chicago and Dallas and Nashville. It's going to be a race. It's going to be a race. Florida, I mean, it really looks like Tampa's getting in and Florida looks like they're getting in. Carolina looks like they're getting in. So it's one spot for those teams. It's, it's It's tough. It's going to be real tough. Columbus aren't going to lay down. I'll tell you that. They're not going to lay down. Dallas have got four games in hand on everybody, you know. So Chicago, no, was, I, mean, I was shocked. Chicago with a big win last night. Dallas with a big win over Tampa last night, and Nashville hammers Detroit and Columbus uh, get a point, you know, against a good Carolina team. Rupe hits with uh, a game winner. Uh, th- didn't I tell you earlier that this guy should be a star in the league? No, I, I, I said it, and you agreed with me. Okay, yeah, okay. Losing your memory, I think, too, as well. But that's what you expect out of a horse like that. But yeah, sure, that that was that was coming off a, a goalie Mac that had twelve wins in a row, and only uh, what nine guys in history have ever done that. That's pretty remarkable by mm-hmm. Vasilevsky. Yeah, he has been really, really great again. So. I mean, I, they they had to make the trade. I, I, Tampa Bay, it's all cap management continually in Tampa Bay because they're a, a Stanley Cup champion. They have to make the trade the other day with Anaheim because they, they can't afford to get caught with only some games they thought they were going to have to address five defensemen because of cap problems. Like, it's unbelievable there, you know? And they're managing it. Well, the... Boston Bruins have kind of kept their powder dry for the uh, the last little while, Mac. But uh, we assume now that they're in play, uh, that they're shopping. Uh, tough, tough overtime loss to the Islanders last night. I Do don't really understand. Me. You know, uh, Coyle starting overtime when you've got one of the best modern day two hundred foot players available to you, but. Uh, Bavillier scores a game winner uh, in overtime on the three-on-three. I mean, did you see the defenseman Letty blow by Coyle on that goal? I understand. I understand you're a forward caught on a one-on-one. It's not always easy, but it's not. It wasn't. It wasn't the little magic man barreling down the wing against him from the Islanders. It was Letty. Coyle is I don't a big, understand. Yeah, I don't guy. He I guess Coyle had a good game. Who? I guess Coyle had a pretty good game. Yeah, if you're Cassidy and you think you're maybe playing with a hot hand, maybe he can score the he game winner early. Well. He did play well. He, I, I watch him a lot, and I he's got great talent. He's a big, strong guy. 
He's way overpaid at five plus million for me. I, I just I just don't see him playing hard enough. That's what bothers me. I guess they signed him because they think Krejci's going to retire. His contract's up. He's unrestricted. But to me, there's no way he's a number two centerman. I'm sorry. But anyway, he's making 5.2 or 5.5. And You know, um, just watching that overtime, Boston Islanders and then even Toronto and, and Ottawa, I can tell you after last night, Mac, I've had enough of three-on-three. Three. I really have. Uh, it's just... I get it. You brought it in because you didn't want ties or uh, you thought maybe it was, it could add a little entertainment value off of your 60 minutes, but aren't we beyond that now to, to, can we just get rid of three on three? I'm asking you, you like it. You think it's got its place during the regular season? Cause we've, we have yet to ever see a three on three in Stanley cup playoff history. So what are we doing with it I- anymore? Our year, we went to the Stanley Cup Finals, the Panthers. If we were tied after the second period, I was guaranteed that we were going to be tied after the third period. <laughs> well, if I'm not mistaken, we had 23 ties in that season. Well, I think we ended with 96, 97 points or something. 23 ties. Was anybody so, allowed to go over the red line? If they did, they got fined. Oh my God! Well, I don't want, I I don't want it no, going no, back I to like, that. So what I'm saying is, if we would have had three on three, we would have had 23 losses that year. That's how. That's how so bad I'm you glad. were offensively. No, no, we were just the style we played, you know. But I mean, no, we we could have. No, I'm I'm kidding. We would have gone for it. We were an aggressive. We were playing one night in Dallas. I'll never forget this game. Was on there live. After two periods, we were losing 6-1, okay? Yeah. And we came back in the third period against a good Dallas team, and we tied 6-6. If I'm not mistaken, Jody Hull, who was one of the best defensive penalty killers, coaches now in Peterborough, scored late in the game to give us a 6-6 tie. And that night, I said to the staff, we're going to Dick's Last Resort to party tonight. So have oh, you ever been to God. Dick's Last Resort in Dallas? Uh, yes, yes. That's where our staff went. And then, then my staff came up to my suite after, okay? Yeah. And you know how in the suite you have those big fridges all full of wine and beer and peanuts and chocolate bars and stuff? I woke up the next morning to check out and I looked in the fridge Empty. and there was one little thing of coffee in the fridge. <laughs> so were you one of those guys? So what I'm saying, it was a big tie for us. Were you one of those general managers and, and presidents that uh, said, okay, um, we need like uh, everybody uh, get their own bill or were you good about that? I was pretty good about that. Okay, because there's some that like to have separate checks. Oh, yeah, no, I was pretty good. I learned from Ron Cron. If you're if you're out with anybody on your staff, the guy that is that the guy that is in for instance, if director of amateur was out with his scouts, he bought. If the assistant GM is out with his staff, he bought. If the GM is there, they always buy. Sort of like me with Mark Messier in New York. 
Yeah, I'm with Mark Messes buy-in. <laughs> never, never had to go in your pocket once. Yeah. No, we love were love those good. leaders, Mac. Yeah, you gotta love the leaders. You gotta All lead. right. This more this morning we also heard you talk about uh Bobby Plager and, and the history that you had with him. Unfortunately, we lost Bob to a, a car accident, um, which kind of shocked everybody. Uh at 78 years old. Uh as much of uh, the face of the St. Louis Blues and anybody in their history, right, Mac? Bobby was a special guy. I, I was I went there as assistant coach in 86, 87 season, and Bobby, Bobby's brother Barkley was an assistant coach. He had been there a long time as a head coach, assistant coach. So Jock Martin, I get there, and Barkley is an assistant coach with us. And he was an unbelievable special guy. Bobby was there. He was a scout, vice president scout. Barkley passed. He was battling cancer. I mean, he battled it for a couple of years. He was such a tough hard-nosed, spectacular person, Barkley Plager. And he passed, and Bobby come on, come in and was an assistant coach with me for a year and a half there with Jock. And Joe Micheletti joined us the next year. Bobby was unbelievable. And I, I, I think of all, I mean, he was a funny guy. He was a great hockey guy, but a funny guy. So I told this story many times, but I'm up in the press box in Winnipeg at the old Winnipeg arena and Ron Caron was sitting next to me and he used to go absolutely bonkers during the games, Ron. So this particular game, he was firing me. I'm firing you right after the game. I'm sick of you and Martin. I'm firing you after the game. So I got out between periods and I said, Jock, Jock, I can't take this guy anymore. He's driving me crazy. <laughs> He's threatening to fire me. He's driving me batty. I can't take it anymore. I'm going back to coach Canadian college hockey. I can't take this anymore. And Bobby's sitting there and he pulls out a package of cigarettes, camels. And he said, here, have a smoke. And I said, I don't smoke, Bobby. He said, I didn't either till I sat with Ron in the press box. <laughs> <laughs> so we had some unbelievable time. But Bobby, and we, you know, I, I remember, you know, just, it was just, he would lighten the load all the time. Ron, we'd be in there between periods in the, in the dressing room, you know, between periods, and the phone would start ringing. And it was Ron. We knew it was Ron calling from his press box phone down to the coach's office phone. And Bobby always had a pencil. He used to carry a pencil, and he just kept tapping the pencil on the desk. There's not a snowball's chance he was picking up the phone and there was not a snowball's chance I was picking up the phone and Jock was not picking up the phone. So the next morning I meet the rink attendant. We were in, getting ready to go on the ice. And he said, oh, Doug, I got to go up to Ron's box. He, his, his phone's not working. I said, oh, really? His phone's not working. It was working last night. He said, oh, we got to go up. Ron just called and said, we got to go up and fix his phone. They went up to the Ron's press box or and it was the phone was on the floor in a thousand pieces. Like he just kept smashing it when we wouldn't answer the phone. <laughs> anyway, Bobby always was terrific. I, I was saddened to see, see it was his passing. He, Bobby Jr. was his son, Melissa's daughter. Uh, he's been a lifer in St. Louis. I mean, he just think of that. He went there as a young player, him and his two brothers, all three of them from Peterborough, Ontario, played for the Blues. And then he was scout to coach to vice president to coach again to assistant coach he's done every job in the organization he ran peoria for them the farm team so 
Bobby was a, and to hear Brett Hull and Kelly Chase and all the, the long time blues players talk about Bobby, uh, People, people love this guy, and he finally got his Stanley Cup. I loved listening to him at the Stanley Cup uh, party there in front in the park where he stood up and he said, "I finally got my Stanley Cup." You know, so he was a he was a special guy. The Blues will play Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta. Uh, the Blues will play the Anaheim uh, Ducks uh, tonight. Where it's my understanding that uh, uh, the alumni will all get together uh, at the game tonight. Uh, Plager family will be involved as well, and, and they'll honor uh, Bob, of course, uh, at the hockey game. Uh, right. Last night, Mac, the the Blues lost to Minnesota 2-0. It's, it's a team that we still look at so many of those great pieces that won a Stanley Cup just a short few years ago, but yet there are a lot of pieces that are no longer there, right? And you're just wondering... Where where is this team going, the St. Louis Blues? Because it just doesn't seem to be that the identity is is isn't necessarily there. That they've had big, hardworking, um, you know, tough to play against. Now I know I get it. Uh, Petrangelo's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pareko's Pareko's been battling some yeah. issue. Uh, it's tough. our understanding that he's skating again, but yeah. I don't know if he'll if he'll regre- uh, regain enough. To save this season, Tarasenko's health is always a concern. You know, yeah. I mean, look, and and we haven't even mentioned that they've got to beat a Vegas and a and a Colorado uh, in all likelihood to get out of that division. Uh, Tough task for them. I mean, they're a good team. Ryan O'Reilly is one of the great leaders in the game. Uh, Your boy Bennington has been pretty solid, but. For them, for them to beat, for them to beat Vegas or Colorado, to me, that's a pretty, that's a pretty tall task. Well, it wasn't uh, that tall of a task for Colorado. Uh, oh. Vegas scores the first goal of the game by Pacioretty, and then they give up uh, the rest. And I don't know. I mean, statement games, not a statement game. Vegas, pretty good hockey club, and it, it looked like. Uh, the depth kind of came into play a little bit. Comfer, I thought JT Comfer had probably the best game of his season with a goal and an assist. You know, you know, you when teams lose, you say, "Well, the coach is uptight or the GM is uptight." But I just, when I saw, I didn't see the game, and when I saw the score, I thought, "Oh my God, who's counseling Darren Millard and Gary Lawless after?" This <laughs> Like who would be counseling? Who would drag? Who would pick those two guys up from the floor where they would be sobbing, and you know what? And get them back. Say, hey guys, you got to bounce back. You got to bounce back. You got to go on TV and do a post game. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that was a devastating loss for for the Millard uh, Lawless uh, group. You know, and and Darren Millard, of course, will be on our show uh, next week. God, I hope they win. I hope they win before so, he comes on. Can you ask him yourself? You know how <laughs> how things going. You know with with the with the devastating. Would devastating? Would you use the word devastating to? I want to know if Gary if Gary Lawless is through a water bottle a water bottle at him live on the set, like you have. <laughs> I chuckled the other day when you when you we saw the kiss costumes the other day. By the way, my God, they were. 
Deb Berman, she did a fabulous job of making me look like uh, Gene Simmons. Like, seriously. Yes, How did she extend my tongue like that? I don't. I had a tongue extender it. on. I don't want. That's just. <laughs> you're grossing me out right now. And for those of you that don't know, on Hockey Central <laughs> at noon, we used to dress up for Halloween. That that You can find it on the internet. You want to see Doug McClain. Uh, who were you? You like were Gene Simmons. But you were, who were you? I was uh, Paul Stanley, man. I'm oh, the leader right. of the group. Yeah, you were. That's right, you were. Hey, okay? Yeah. And then I, I also took a couple of pictures of you getting ready, putting on your uh, your make uh, your costume there. And <laughs> I remember I was showing somebody it, and they said, is, is that Doug McClain or Betty White? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> and Betty was Betty was ninety then. <laughs> <laughs> Betty was a young, young ninety-year-old 90 back then. Oh my God, that was well. Yeah, remember the? Oh my God, the equipment I had to put on under that. And then we oh. were walking around Rogers, and people thought Kiss were really there, like the the people in the cafeteria. Oh my God, Kiss is in the building. So that's why you hang out with me, man. I keep you young. Oh, you know, I'm looking for photos, and uh, the people at Google are really doing us dirty. I can only find one image, and the rest is only in videos. So we'll have to get that for oh, a later really? show or something. Yeah. Really? Okay. I'll uh, I'll find something for next week. I, we'll, I we'll, sense we'll we're collect. Running of, we're running out of things to talk about in this show, so I had to I had to bring something up. You know. We'll we'll collect a few of those over the years. I may have a couple in here. Um, we'll find something for everybody on that uh, reunion show uh, on Wednesday. So it's yes, we Darren should. Millard, God, that's going to be truly and Doug McLean back at it again for the first time. That is so exciting for me. I put up with them all summer in PEI, and I'm thinking now. I would get a chance to be on the air with him again. Well, what a thrill. But, you know, it's not all hunky-dory here, okay? We're going to talk about the time that uh, you uh, threw a water bottle at him. Uh, there was a, uh, times when he got so pissed off at us, he wouldn't talk to us on the air for like 15 what, minutes, and we had to about, talk amongst ourselves. What about, the, what about the time he swore in front of your daughter and you wouldn't talk to him for a year? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you want to forget year. about that? You want to forget about that? Wasn't a, how can you have a host and an analyst go and not speak to him for a year? Come I don't on. know, but I don't. I don't remember a lot of conversation off air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're gonna get into all that good stuff oh, on Wednesday. I, I love it. I love it. All right. Anyway, okay. how's the weekend shaping up for you? Maybe we, he will apologize to us for being such a jerk when he was working with us. You know, he apologized to most <laughs> everyone kidding. else. Everybody else except us. Except me and you. We never got an, one apology for him. Oh, Half the hockey you, world got a, apologies oh, for yeah. him. Even Berkey, he even apologized to Berkey after Berkey told him to F off. Remember that in Carolina? Well, Berkey told him to go fuck himself because uh, he Berkey thought he was making fun of uh, Kessel getting picked last in the uh, NHL All-Star um, draft. And, Remember that? And, Ber and Berkey was right. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, he was stirring it up. Yes, but that's all. It's all. He's great. It's all about the reporter's him. job is to stir it up. We love him. Okay. All right. Get some rest on this weekend. Okay. I'm concerned about you a little bit. Oh, yeah, you know I, what? I wasn't on my A game today at all. You know? No, you were fine. Uh, Brady Lebold, Scott, I've got a hat up here. Of course, he runs a great program. You're wearing his hat today. So another yes. shout out to Brady. Yes, yes, for sure. All right. Friend, yeah. All right. Jordan, you okay? You want to ask Mac anything on this Friday or are we good to go? 
Yeah, just wondering if uh, the tongue extenders only got used on set. That's the chat was really getting into. That's all there is. For wow, you. we're going a little X-rated here on uh, Friday. Yeah, sorry, yep. sorry. No comment, yeah, man. I, I, I wore the black today. It, it, I just felt a little like Gene today. I got the black going, you know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll find those pictures, man. And if uh, follow you on a. Give Mac a big hit the like button for us on, on this Friday. That would be great. First time watchers, hey, subscribe to our show and you'll get all of this every <laughs> week of the rest of your life. How's that? Doug McLean, everybody, from Sunnyside, Florida. And for all of you, thank you for joining us. It was a fun week. We got into some hot oh, great week. Hot debates, some hot topics. Yes, I still like Mac, even though uh, I did yell at him a little bit on Wednesday. Uh, but we'll we'll invite him back for y'all on Monday. How's that? For Joe and Jordan, myself, Doug McLean in Florida, thanks for watching. Keep the comments coming, and we'll see you on Monday. Take care, everyone.